listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Oh, Stomping Jen, the apes, the apes are calling. Well, I'm excited. I am super excited. <laughs> On this episode of the podcast, we are co- we are talking to another amazing artist. Mm-hmm. The artist we are talking to is Kim Carlino, an East Hampton, Massachusetts artist whose works of eco-geometric abstraction explore themes of place, poetics, and experience. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. But Kim is, gonna, Kim is going to help Good us job. understand this, right? That's what we're going to be talking <laughs> to her right. about. That's right. Um, and her work has appeared in places like the Boston Globe, the Miami Art Guide, MSN.com, and lots of other places. Yes, they're up on walls. Yes. Murals, giant. Yeah. Well, lots of questions yes. about this, okay? Yes. Are we ready to talk yes. to Kim Stomping Jen? I am. Okay, let's All go. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Oh, Stomping Jen, no more creepy trucks. This is our new theme song. Why do you keep singing to me tonight? I don't know. There's something about you that makes me want to sing to you. Oh my gosh. Right? But we tonight (laughs) are not going to sing to our guest, Kim Carlino. But who knows? Maybe we will. I do like to sing. But we are going to say first hello to Kim Carlino. Hi, Kim. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of fill in any gaps in telling us about who you are that I might have missed. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, it's nice to be having conversations right now. I feel like desperate to be <laughs> talking to other people and these kinds of contexts. So thank you. Um, what would I say about um, my work? So I would say I, I split my time between kind of a studio practice and a public art mural practice. Um, I've been doing uh, the murals since 2014. So I guess I'm going into my seventh year. Um, and you know, I, I, I started doing them as a way to kind of, uh, expand my paintings as wall paintings. And then I just really fell in love with, um, working in the public realm and getting to engage people while I was making them and 
that kind of fed into the work and it all becomes this kind of circular process where, you know, the working large informs like the smaller works and mm-hmm. all of the different scale of like gesture and mark making and pattern and forms. And um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, it's kind of seasonal because of, you know, indoor outdoor work. And right now I'm in studio lockdown mode, Mm. which maybe I don't want to use the term lockdown, but it's something I do every winter is I go into the studio and I just explore materials, think about what I'm doing and think about what I want to do for the coming year. And so I'm kind of, I'm in that phase right now of just painting a lot and um, and writing proposals for murals. So, mm. yeah. And we definitely have lots of questions for you about um, the murals and the different kind of scales of paintings you do. Um, for our listeners, I want to encourage them um, to go as we're moving ahead with this conversation, right? Maybe just hit pause for a second and go to Kim's website. Um, look at some of her paintings. Um, they're um, on her main website, which you can find a link to in the show notes. I will post them in social media um, as we're advertising this episode. Um, look at Kim's Facebook page or Instagram and really kind of look at some of um, her visuals and the paintings she does, because they, they are very unique. Um, and I want our listeners, as we're going along with this conversation, to, to have a sense of what we're talking about. Um, so listeners, go do that. That, that is your homework. Um, all right. So hopefully they've gone off and done that. Um, but Kim, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of um, describe your painting style to us and your design aesthetic, if you can. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you're right there. It's this unique blend of a few different things. You know, when I think about like the other artists I'm um, inspired by, it's, you know, like Stella meets Carrie Moyer meets Helen Frankenthaler meets Saul LeWitt. You know, there's like all these influences and I like things that are disparate and trying to pull them together and put them in relationship in some way. And in, in a relationship that has some like kind of tension, but resolves in some kind of harmony. So, you know, like I came up with this idea about this eco geometric abstraction and really thinking about, um, those uh, two things coming together, this kind of organic, fluid, um, earthy forms um, mixed with these uh, very structured, rigid, like adding that in. And, um, and, and so, you know, geometric abstraction, when you look at that on its own, it tends to be, it doesn't have this kind of like softer, fluid, organic side to it. It tends to be these, you know, kind of uh, very like hard edged, um, 
solid forms. And I just, I wanted to bring in, uh, I guess like the feminine to that, you know, cause I really think about it as like, um, this balancing of this kind of like masculine feminine energy as like, you know, mm. kind of like a bigger philosophical idea. Yeah. That's a beautiful um, description. Cause I'm, 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 he's look, looking I'm at looking at your here. paintings <laughs> up on our wall. And as you're, as you're describing kind of the organic forms blending with the geometrical shapes, like I can see that now that that is what you've done here. Um, and they're, they're beautiful paintings. Um, yeah, Thank that, <laughs> that, and that's a great way to describe what, um, eco geometric is. Um, and what is it about, um, abstraction that, um, attracts you as an artist? Ah, thank you for asking that. That's such a good question. Um, and it has meant different things to me over, over the years, but, you know, I've really been thinking about it a lot recently and thinking of it as just another structure. Um, and it, it's, it's a structure that allows me to explore different themes and topics. So, you know, maybe at first glance, looking at some of the work, you might not see that exploration without seeing the bigger, maybe context or body of my work. Um, you know, but I've, um, I've used abstraction to explore kind of perception and how our brain processes information. And I've used it to explore um, yogic principles. And I've, you know, I use it as this way to get into, um, into this uh, visual language that can describe like, a process, um, like a certain aspect of, um, of that process that I'm, I'm looking at. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's a, it's, you know, just, it's a way to create, uh, this structure to then explore into different concepts. Um, you know, I, I'm an avid podcast listener from, you know, everything from, you know, environmental to like neuroscience to, you know, you know, many different things. And so I, I, those things are all kind of like tumbling around in my head and sometimes mm -hmm. some, some aspect of it sticks and it filters into like thinking about, um, you know, how to take that like the that theme and explore it in this real visual way without having to be literal about it so yeah and with with abstraction i imagine and correct me if i'm wrong some of the intention is to leave the experience of the interpretation of the painting up to the Individual, the viewer right yeah. of the painting um so um, do you ever get the question, like, what is this painting? And, and, totally. <laughs> and how do you, as an artist who may not 
want to necessarily say that, right? And let the user have their own experience. Like, how do you answer that question when you get it? Um, it's one of the reasons why I love open studios because I get such a cross section of people coming in that have all these different experiences and levels of understanding of art. So I can have these multiple levels of conversation with people and hear what they're seeing. And lots of people, you know, people will come in tentatively and want to know like, you know, what it is that you were seeing when you make it. Some people will come in and they want to tell you what they see. And um, I love that. I think our brains are hardwired to, to find pattern in hmm. things. And so my work, um, it has this kind of biological element to it. That's not like, I kind of, I reference it with some of the lines that I make. And so people can see all kinds of things from aquatic life to intestines, to caterpillars, um, you know, all different things. And I just, I, I find that's an, an entry point into looking. Um, and, you know, I layer a lot of information into the paintings and I really, I, I try to hook people with the color initially. Mm. And yeah. then, and, and then all that other information kind of pulls them into looking deeper and, you know, they'll start off seeing one thing and then it'll turn into something else. And, um, you know, I, I find that really fascinating for myself when I'm painting. If I start to see something emerging, I will do something to disrupt it. Mm. Oh, really? So, you don't go with yeah. it? Mm -mm. No. Yeah, this no. is this is interesting because as you're describing that, I'm I'm again I'm again looking at your paintings and they are they are drawing me in and the 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 harder I look at them, the more I'm seeing and and, and these things have been sitting on our shelves, right? And they're they're interesting <laughs> and they're beautiful and they're beautiful, but the more I'm looking at them, I have to be careful here. I'm not going to be able to speak. They are really they are drawing me in in a way. And making me want to analyze them now as I hear you talk. It's a very yeah, interesting awesome. experience I'm having. Stomp stomping You're so Jen. funny. I love that you... <laughs> Why? Oh, well, I mean, I've been a huge fan of Kim's work yeah. for quite some time. So, <laughs> I'm loving that you're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And for me, sometimes it's just somebody, ha you know, taking my hand and and leading me to the experience. You right. know, I, I'm yeah. the type of person who tends to need that. Yeah. Um, I'm a that, very like visual person. Mm -hmm. Like I'll see something and I'll just yeah. connect with it, and I'll just like want more of it. Which is why I'm like, yeah. I love that you have this new affordable series that I could have <laughs> some of your art in my house. I loved it. <laughs> so exciting for yeah, me. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, like so. Taking a few steps back from that, how did you get interested in painting? Like, what was it about painting that um, drew you in as a form of artistic expression versus other um, other forms of art? Maybe. Hmm. That's a good question. That's a it. That has a long answer to it. I I am not one of the artists that knew that 
you know, by the age of four that I wanted to be an artist, I think I knew I always wanted to be a maker of some sort. Um, I started off with writing Mm. um, and I still am a big writer. I write every day and um, I write about the paintings and it's part of the process um, of just reflection. Um, But I, I, and then I really got into music and it wasn't until um, I moved to New York at 20 at 20 um, that I thought I was gonna be I thought I was gonna be a blues lounge singer and I was you know studied classical but then when I got there I was studying blues and then I discovered the new school and started taking um, classes and just fell in love with color mm. and I had some really great teachers and you know, but all of that, like all my life, I was like sewing and handcrafts and anything crafty. Um, so I've always just, and I still, I just, I love to make things and, you know, the music kind of went by the wayside and I felt like, um, music was just something I wanted to do for myself, but the art was something that I felt like I could share with with the world that I felt like that was something I could release out into the world. So do you still sing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I play, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some uh, banjo lessons right now um, hmm. from um, with a barter. Awesome. And um, I want to be able to play the banjo and sing. So that's I awesome. play the baritone ukulele. And, yeah, oh, I love cool. it. And I'm just thinking I made the mistake of opening this podcast by singing Stomping Jen. <laughs> I, am the, I am the worst singer. <laughs> but I love, I love it. it. That was great. I have fun with you're it. Ser- you were serenading. It was good. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was going, I was combing through your social media posts, doing, doing research and trying to understand you a little bit. And I, and I saw one post that you made that talked about your grandmothers both being um, quilters um, and how at an early age you were really interested in, you know, fiber and fiber arts. And I'm curious if you can talk a little bit with us about the influence of um, those women on your art. Sure, sure. Um, So my parents both grew up in rural West Virginia and um, my grandmother Elsie lived in was born into a one-room home and turned her butter and you know homesteaded essentially mm-hmm. and like quilting is what you did out of necessity you know you would repurpose all the old clothing and so and then my other grandmother um, she lived on a almost 400 acre homestead as well and quilted and made Afghans. And so I just, I grew up around all of that. My mom didn't really quilt. She was like a really, really into sewing. Um, as a kid, I, I would steal her, um, her sewing machine and hide it in my closet and cut apart my clothing and re-sew it together in weird ways. And, (laughs) you know, I was just like, that was, so 
you know, my parents weren't exposed to art, but they grew up in that generation where you made everything yourself, you did everything for yourself. Um, and art was in craft. So, you know, I, I definitely, um, that was, that was my influence into like, um, making things like as a kid was seeing, like I did cross stitch and, um, embroidery and, you know, but I still have, I have all my grandmother's quilts and, um, I'm starting to bring in some of the designs from 18th and 19th century quilts into the patterning in my work now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty fascinated at how for women, it was kind of the, the, it was one of the only acceptable ways of expression. And if you look at some of the, um, if you look at some of the, uh, patterns and the colors that they were using, it rivals early modernism. <laughs> so mm. it's just like something about that's really fascinating to me, you know, like it predates it and it's, it had, you know, it's considered this like women's handcraft, which has this derogatory kind of um, tone to it. So I don't know. There's something about like bringing in these beautiful old patterns um, into um, into this fine art context that yeah, that's I'm that's just really, thinking about right now. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm thinking about something you said about you know sewing together like the maybe the disparate pieces of fabric. Could that have been an early form of like abstraction, like beginning to think about? things that maybe weren't meant to go together at first glance and then weaving them together into a singular piece. It's sort of. Yeah, totally. I, I, I hadn't thought about that before. That's (laughs) yes. Good, good observation. That's, that's so. I should write this down. (laughs) That is so interesting to me. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Wow. So. And also. Yeah, go ahead. That's. So. I should back up a little bit and say that I think, well, I know, I know where it comes from. So I was adopted and I knew from my earliest memories that I was adopted, but I was very unlike my family. I come from a Baptist minister, minister's home. You know, my parents are very religious, very strict. However, I, they homeschooled us. And so we had all this time for creativity and outdoors. And so there were beautiful aspects of it, but I just, I always felt just different and I was different. (laughs) Um, And so I think that I'm constantly playing out that um, just trying to reconcile living in different worlds. You know, we all have these different hats that we wear and different aspects of ourselves that we are in different contexts and, you know, the parenting role and the wife role and, you know, your work role. So I have the extra layer of like, you know, that I went through trying to figure out what's my role in this family. And, you know, I think that that definitely is, you know, with, 
with that cutting apart, you know, with that early, um, with the fabric, but then I would do it with music and yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. But yeah, it, it, it really goes, goes back to just, you know, I guess trying to figure out identity. Really. Yeah. And I think I that, love that, yeah. And that's often, I mean, that f- at least I'm only speaking, I can only speak from my own experience here. That's a never ending journey, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is this yeah. exploration of identity? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one thing when I look at your paintings and I think about biological inspiration, right? One, I think one of the things that we find in, in living things is symmetry. And I notice many of your paintings aren't symmetrical, but they feel balanced to me. Like when mm-hmm. I look at them, they, you know, there's just a, uh, you meant you use the word harmony before there's like a visual mm-hmm. harmony and balance to them. Um, is that something you, you set out to deliberately try to achieve when you sit down and make a visual um, painting? Like, or does that kind of just flow out naturally as you're painting it? I, I think that it's not on the conscious level, but, yeah. you know, if I look at the, the process that, um, the, the process from like kind of mm-hmm. beginning to end, um, it's one that's very much based in uh, responsiveness. And so I create these pores. Um, so these layers of like watery, you know, translucent um, colors and I build them up. And then it's this process of looking at, looking at that when it dries and continuing to look at it and like figuring out like, okay, where's, you know, what's this, what is this particular piece calling for? Like, and so I find an entry point and then I build off of that. But it's really hard, you know, in my, in the looking, I am always looking for the, the moments of balance Mm -hmm. and there'll be elements that I will add that are just super dominant. And I'm like, I don't know how I can bring this back, but that's really interesting too, because sometimes it's just the smallest little tweak to get it to all start to move together. And so, you know, I, I think like the goal is to have it to unify, like that's, you know, Mm -hmm. really what I, I want to happen. And I think part of that is the unification of like those forms, but also it on the actual, whatever the surface is, whether it's the panel or the UFO or the Tyvek. So how long, this is maybe a, a ridiculous question, but um, I'm hearing at least that your paintings might take, um, they might evolve over a period of time, right? You, you don't do them in, I'm not a painter. I have no idea <laughs> how you all accomplish these amazing works, but I'm assuming you don't do it all in one sitting. Do you work on them over a period of time? Yeah. I, I I mean, it depends. Mm -hmm. Like, 
looking around in my studio right now, I just have just a lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of different pieces, um, including like 35 new minis that are like ready to be, you know, that have all the kind of layers built up. Um, but I, I think when I was first kind of starting out with this work, I would do, you know, maybe batches of like three or four and, um, you know, I do them in batches of color because, you know, it's kind of like with anything, usually the first thing you do is it's your kind of automatic usual way of doing something. And then the more you do it, the more that possibility kind of expands. And so I do like larger pours at once so that I just, um, I, I get, I expand past what my ego wants to do basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes I will see one that comes out and I'll know exactly where to start. And then it just flows really well. But sometimes some pieces, they require like a lot of looking and, and sitting with. And so, you know, like, I have, um, I have a big one up on the wall right now that I've been adding layers to of, um, of the water, the watery, um, pores, and I'm just not sure where to go next. And so I'll leave it there and then kind of work around to something else. So, and so you sort and then of, I'll come, I was just going to ask, so you sort of trust yourself that it, at some point you'll come back to it and figure out a path forward with that painting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, I feel like I try to live a pretty quiet, simple life to be clear for painting. So you know, part of that for me is like meditating in nature. And then when I come into the studio, I'm in that quiet zone. And it's the mix of the being in the quiet zone and the really like looking. And it seems like such a luxury to spend quiet time looking, but it feels like such a necessity at this point mm. with um, with screens, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah. like, how, how much are we really like, are really you, looking? Are you human like the rest of us and struggle with screen time? Oh my God. Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all kinds of, I now have, I now have a basket at the front of my studio that the phone goes into okay. and it stays in just because, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's just, it's difficult. And, you know, I'm like, why, why do I keep doing this? And it's like, well, you know, I meet really interesting people. Mm -hmm. It's the, you know, it's a way to connect and Mm -hmm. it's just, it has so many challenges to it. So Uh, I agree. Separation, right? Like that, that you need to be able to do 
the art. Like that's what I'm hearing you say, basically, that separation of life and just the focus that you need to be in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One thing, now I've been studying your paintings for a while, um, at least a week in preparation for this. So, <laughs> um, and one, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and it's okay. If, it's okay. If you tell me I'm wrong. Um, I'm a migraine sufferer, a sufferer. I have migraines with visual auras. And part of that is I see these scintillating colors and these really striking geometric patterns. I mean, they're, they're equal parts, um, beautiful, terrifying, inspirational. Um, and I see some of these shapes that I see in my migraines reflected in some of your pieces. And I was wondering if you're a migraine sufferer and if you've ever experienced them. I, I have, I do have on and off issues with, I think more headaches. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine's all like food, food and stress related. Um, I haven't had the auras. Okay. Um, I have a, I have a friend that gets those. My mom gets those and they, yeah, it seems like simultaneously beautiful and terrifying. Um, yeah. And I was just curious because some, some of them are, they, they look very similar to the things that I, that I see those, those, those oh, really so wild. Yeah. I, 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 it's hard for me to even describe them, but they're, they're for me anyways. And maybe that's, that's what I'm imprinting, right? Onto the painting. Yeah. You know, I'm taking well, my... Well, that's your, yeah. that's your association. Yeah. 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 I'm taking my experience. <laughs> what do you think about that, Stomping Jen? I don't see migraine when I see... <laughs> and you're not a, you're not a I'm migraine. I'm not a migraine you're not sufferer. A migraine no, sufferer, no. right? So. I'm just, I'm drawn, for me, I'm just drawn to the color and the shapes and the, you know, the, the immersion that you can feel, especially in front of the, one of the, your murals. You know, just that total ex- experience, and yeah. um, I love mural art and and um, abstraction and surrealism and mash mashups. You know, like I love that whole. Yeah, I want to talk about yeah. the murals. Um, can you tell us about some of these murals that you've painted? Sure. Um, so, I and maybe for our listeners who might not know what a mural is i mean this is a this is a a large scale painting right can either be on a wall or a building or a structure right or even on the ground yep yep Yep. so i would say my introduction was through wall painting and actually wall drawing um i was on the team of artists that did the solowit wall drawing project up at Mass Mocha. Oh, wow. And that was my first real introduction into that kind of scale of making, of making art. And that was really, you know, drawing lines on this, you know, huge scale. And, um, I just, I mean, I've always been, obsessed with the color field painters and just that feeling of being really immersed in something and you need scale for that you know to stand in front of it and be 
like dwarfed or enveloped by it. And so I, um, I did a piece when I was in undergrad, I took my son's dinosaur drawings and I blew them up onto <laughs> like this huge scale and did a big dinosaur mural. That was really, that was really fun. Um, and then I did in 2014, I did my first interior mural wall painting that was 50 feet long by 16 feet high. And that I was just thinking about like blowing up my paintings onto wall scale. And, you know, I think I, you know, each one I do, I feel like I learn more and more about, um, about like the scale of the forms, like just how it's, it's just, it has to be, it's so different than working on something that's, you know, the, has like this smaller hand gesture. And, um, so yeah, so I started applying for, um, mural opportunities and I did my next, my first big exterior one in Springfield and it was based on Milton Bradley games. And that one was really fun. Looked like a big giant game board. Yeah. And you have a video of that on, I believe your website where people can look at that. Yeah. It's really something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun time-lapse one. Oh my God. I learned so much on that because it was this crazy brick with, um, as it's old building. And so it had to be like fixed and repointed and, you know, I was working with like a city municipality and I did most of it myself. And it was the first time I'd really used a scissor lift and, you know, there's just, all kinds of things to know. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, including weather. I mean, it's just, I, you know, I, I began to think of like mural mural arts as like its own endurance sport um, because it's just like these crazy long hours and, you know, there would be times where I would just be almost in tears and someone would, you know, cause you're just like 15 hours in and someone would come by and be like, you know, I've been watching you out my window and I just want you to know that, you know, seeing this brings me joy every day Aww. and I'm going to get to wake up every day and see this, you know, and it's just like interactions like that, where you realize that the thing that you're creating is out in the public. And it has this life of its own and it's for everybody. Yeah. And there's an aspect of that, that just really speaks to me. So, um, yeah. And so I, you know, I'd love to, I want to keep doing those as long as, you know, I am able to, <laughs> they're pretty physical. Yeah. Um, as I think, but, as I think about those, I think about, um, I'm reflecting on, the massive amount of work you're describing goes into these. And I'm thinking to myself, these are paintings you're doing outside on surfaces. And it, I feel like you have to be okay too with the idea that over time, these paintings are going to degrade or fade or, you know, like they're not, there's an impermanence to them. 
I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think about that going into the process of doing a, a mural? Not really. A, no, not really. Um, and I guess I, I don't, I don't think about it so much with my work either. And, um, and also like being able to let my work go. I think that's ultimately what it's about mm-hmm. is being able to let things go and, um, you know, I, um, it, for, for me, it's in the action of, it's the process, you know, and there's this result from the process and it's that being in the moment of the making, the being in the moment of, you know, interacting with the people while I'm making. Um, and then afterwards, you know, like, people like tagging and I see people like the one in downtown Northampton. I mm-hmm. see people on every time I'm there, you know, and it's getting used for so many different things and it just, it takes on its own life. And part of a life is that, you know, it doesn't, it won't last mm-hmm. forever. So, you know, I, yeah, I think, I think I'm okay with it because it feels like just another part of the process. Is it is it hard to let a painting go when you're when you're done with it? Either to <laughs> say <it>. no, <laughs> no, no, because it it um, it goes out and has a life. Mm-hmm. I I love that. Yeah, I get messages from people that you know um, have it up in their space, and and so this is like this is my meditation corner, and this is where I have your painting, and this is, you know, I've got it over here and, you know, I, I don't want to have like hundreds of paintings just with me in my studio. Like I want them, I want them to go out and yeah. I want them to be enjoyed. So yeah. Grow up, get out of the house. Yeah, exactly. Go find your own journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's funny. That's, that's so funny because my uh, this coming Sunday, my son turned seventeen. And oh my goodness! I'm, um, you know, that's it's another example of that. You know, he's about to he's breaking away to like start to have his own own journeys, and it's like it's super bittersweet. But that's what light that's what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We're just behind you. We have a 13 year old and a 10 year old. Yeah. (laughs) Has it dawned, has it dawned on you yet that that's coming? It hit me when he was a, when he graduated eighth grade. Yeah. We're, we're at that point. Yeah. He's going to be in high school next year. And we're just like, oh my God, high school. Yeah. Yeah. I do reflect on it occasionally. And like, I get all panicky when I look at child pictures like from when they were like babies or toddlers that's oh, when it no. hits me like, yeah. I feel like somebody yeah. just threw me off of a cliff or something <laughs> like inside I get that I feeling know. yeah I know um I mean speaking of about little things the, the, I w- wanted to ask you about these mini paintings I think we have a couple here yeah, are these the mi- are these the mini paintings yeah they're like yeah. the mini paintings um <laughs> Are those a different experience for you than something like painting a mural or a medium 
sized picture. I don't know what to call the ones that are like bigger, larger, than, larger paintings. Yeah, Not like minis. <laughs> yeah, I know it's getting confusing. Sorry. Like, do they occupy? <laughs> do they occupy a special creative space? Like somehow, and because and I notice in some of your pictures, like some of the minis are displayed together. Like they're of a they're like a series of a piece in a way. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, small, small works have meant different things for me over time. And, you know, I think traditionally we think of like the small work as like the sketch or the mock-up or the study for something else. And I don't, you know, because all my work is so like direct and responsive, I don't really do studies you know, I, I do sketches where I work on, you know, um, patterns and I'll work out mural ideas that way. Um, I'll work on like op art stuff. And so I guess, you know, with the, with the minis, I ordered some of the panels at that size. And I was thinking like, you know, I would just, I was just going to experiment with it, but, and do like some kind of small works for, you know, like around the holidays or for open studios or whatever. And I, um, I just, I loved the size of it so much. It's almost like this kind of like huggable little, mm -hmm. it's just like a little jewel box. It's just the right size. I don't, I just, and it's the right shape for the interlocking of the, and the layering of the forms, it just all kind of worked. And, you know, I thought, well, what if I had, what if these little, what if these did become kind of like these little jewel boxes that were just as like dynamic and potent and layered and complex as like the bigger ones? Like what would happen? And so I started really um, scaling down all the pattern, like um, especially some of the new ones have like, like I'm using brushes with like two hairs in it. You know, it's very mm. tiny. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, and I, I just, I don't know. It, um, it seemed the right scale for, this time that we're in, mm. to be honest, it yeah. just felt like manageable. I could put all this into it and it um, felt like compact and uh, just, yeah, it, I, I, I really, I like the compactness of it. And I also, I love, I've done so many things in series. And so I love things that are modular that can be singular, but then can go in groups of bigger things. And so once I did um, all those first, the first batch, and then I started working on kind of like the next iteration of it, um, I was like, oh, I want to see just like a wall installation of all these little ones. And so now I have some, some other ideas of how to incorporate some wall painting into that too. But, mm. um, but I, I like that they really like, focus you in because it's you know because of the the, the scale of them yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah. our um, you also do commissions. Um, so that, and I think that that is somebody coming to you and saying, "I would like you to do a painting for us." Is that is that sometimes? How does that process work? Can that be like an open ended thing, or do people come to you and like say, "I want a really specific." Um, uh, color palette for my room here. Like, talk to us a little bit about that process, like the commission process. Yeah, I love the commission process because it's about relationship. So, when someone contacts me, my process is to go meet them, to see the space, um, and I then kind of create, like, then I will just, I will talk to you and hear and try to get a sense of the vibe that you're going for. And I will just, I will start taking down words. And so, you know, mm. I'll just start trying to get you to describe like the feeling that you want to create the space. And then we'll create like a color palette. Um, and it's just, you know, it's like a back and forth. Um, so this past year I got a new iPad pro with procreate, mm -hmm. um, and it's changed my life <laughs> and saved me so much time. So, you know, that is definitely a tool that, um, with when people want to commission me for a wall project, I can easily grab the picture an image of the space and then start working that way and coming up with the palette and give something, give a rendering of some sort that mm. will feel a little truer to maybe what it would look like. So in that process, is there typically, do you, you go, you draw inspiration for the project. Do you then go off and do the creation? Um, and there's like a moment a reveal moment, so to speak, with the with the client, and is that is that a scary moment for you? Like, are they are you are they going to like this, or you know? Is, I'm just curious about that. I've I've done it different ways, and I had in I had an instance where um, we had like a mid review and then the reveal and then the reveal was not what they wanted at all. Mm. And so I said, no worries. We're just going to start fresh. And then we got something that they loved yeah. and really liked. And I still have like this awesome other painting, you know, it just mm -hmm. wasn't exactly then, what they wanted, yeah. but, um, that was so good because I learned that my job is to ask the right questions Yeah, because I'm the visual artist. And so other people coming to me may not know how to translate what it is they're looking for into the, into the words that describe it. So I need to try to help draw it out as part of the process. So, um, and I, and I try to keep them in the loop yeah, now, you yeah. know, like I love really, that. I love that story that, yeah, that learning <laughs> moment. Well, it's so, 
Yeah. Have you learned how to do that like better? Like since that time, like, is that like a, you know, you talked about the process. Cause like, this is so stupid to translate it this way, but like, I love custom uh, tattoos so I've like had this conversation with custom artists before, like I want this and like, I don't quite know what I want it to look like, but I trust that I like <laughs> their art. And I'm always like, I don't know what I'm asking you, but can you just do this thing for me? Is that kind of yeah. what it's like? And then you have to. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, I like, um, you know, I saw this work and I really like this thing. Yeah. And then, you know, I want something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you really start talking about it, it's like, actually, you don't really want something similar. You really wanted this thing or. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I commission work is, it, it can be really tricky um, with like individual. I think when you're working with um, designers or architects um, or like a design group, um there's so many places in the process that um, that catch you before you would get off on the wrong path. So, yeah. you know, I try to bring those experiences and things I've learned from that into when I'm working more with individuals for commission work. So, yeah. Tell us a little bit yeah. about your studio where you do your, your art. Yeah. So I, uh, my studio is in Eastworks. And I've been here, this is my eighth year. Um, I've been in most, I've had a studio in most of the mill buildings in the Valley. <laughs> I've, I've, I've moved around a lot, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, this space is awesome. It's, um, I have almost 14 foot ceilings. It's about a thousand square feet, uh, just a big rectangle. Mm -hmm. But um, when I moved here, I moved here because I wanted to be able to have multiple works up at any given time, like big, I wanted to work large too. Mm -hmm. So, yep. you know, now, now I can have, you know, huge 10 by 10 foot paintings up if I, if I want to or bigger. And I've even, I have like, I wanted to do a test mural on the wall of an idea that I had. So, you know, I did that and, you know, I've got like multiple workstations. I've got, um, you know, sp like spots that I put up for drawings and sketches and, you know, so I can have like a number of different things happening, but often when I complete a series or feel like I'm about to start something new, I do a complete refresh where I take everything down and put it away. I just got a new flat file. So now mm. I'm in theory organized <laughs> in quotations. Um, and you know, I just, I, I, I start fresh. I so noticed the wall. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. I, I was just going to say, I, I like having, you know, because um, I'm really riffing off of, my own visual vocabulary, right? Like if you look at my work, it's a lot of elements that repeat, but repeat in different ways or in different combinations. And so having, having that up while I'm working is nice because even if I'm not trying to like bring 
this thing from this one painting into another. It's just visually around me and in, in my periphery. Mm-hmm. So. Now, I was going to ask, I noticed the walls behind you are, are white. Are they white on purpose? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us why? When, um, when I moved here, I or when I got the studio, I just I painted everything white. And um, my work is super colorful. And so I wanted some I wanted a and I'm on the north side of the building uh-huh. so yep. I don't get direct light and I I just I wanted a space that was bright so I painted all of my like studio furniture stuff white as well and I wanted um just the artwork to to stand out and like even when I frame things I use all white frames you know mm-hmm. I just I like the the work to float out away and Mm -hmm. whatever whatever the background is to just kind of um melt back into space so that was kind of i guess you know just another way to have like the least amount of distraction Uh, are you surrounded by other artists there yeah you know this this building this this building is really interesting um in that it's a mixed use building. So the second floor, when I first moved here was, um, was really just for artists and craftspeople and, you know, very, you know, a handful of, you know, like Pilates and meditation, but really mostly people who were making things. Um, and I would say over the last eight years, it, you know, kind of ebbs and flows. I think we've, we've recently um, gotten a few new artists Um, with the pandemic. It's hard to Mm -hmm. see like who's here, but this coming, um, this coming fall, I hope that we'll be able to do open studios again. And I'm going to try to spearhead that and really make sure it happens because you know, part of the, the, the nice part about that is getting to kind of meet people in their space and yeah. talk to them and be like, let's do this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love looking at art. It's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so what does it, what does it mean to you to be a, a smart, strong and successful woman in the art world? Uh, hustling. <laughs> Lots of hustling. Talk to us a little more about that. <laughs> about what? Um, what that? What that's like? Yeah, uh, yeah, and it means I have no life. It means <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, what does that mean? Um, I mean, I think. <laughs> Well, I get a lot of like, I didn't know they let women up on scissor lifts. You can drive that. Oh my wow. god! Yeah, oh my I know. God. But um, I, I think, you know, I think that it's it's just it's challenging for everyone. I mean, for me, I would say my. 
my best attribute, I think, is that I will outwork anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know, one thing my parents gave me was this crazy work ethic. And um, this is like the only, this is the only thing I want to do. And so I, um, you know, I'm hustling all the time, but it's because it's exciting and I, I want to keep being able to do it and meet people. And I think the hard part is, um, you know, rejection, right? Mm -hmm. So I, the, the best piece of advice that I've heard is to create for yourself a rejection list and put it up on your wall. Hmm. And every time you get rejected, you write it down on the thing and you just keep track of it. And you want to grow that rejection list. And basically the premise of that is that the, the more rejections you're getting, it means that you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I love that. (laughs) I hide from rejection. He's building his rejection list right now. (laughs) No, I bury it. I I drag it out to the backyard. I dig a hole and I bury it. I love love what you just said. (laughs) Where's it going to go? I don't know. I'm going to make one though. (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) I love that. with, With how many, you know, the probability of, not having rejection grows right. every time. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I, I think like just learning how to have thick skin about it. And, yeah. you know, I, I always think about like, you know, about the four, <laughs> the four agreements, which kind of is like a big philosophy in, in my life. Um, and the one about like not taking things personally too. And so, you know, you never know, you never know what that open call is looking for. You never know what that proposal is looking for, but what you can count on is people having eyeballs on your thing, you know, whatever that is. And so I don't know, that's, I, I just, I try to live by that and keep putting myself out there. And it's funny, I'll have something I did, you know, four years ago, someone, something will come out of it, you know, like four years later. It's like, you just, you don't know how these things work. And I think just having the faith to keep doing it is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's all we got really. That's right. so. Stomping Jen you says gotta, that all the time. You gotta play to win. No, well, it's the... <laughs> that's that philosophy. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, you're talking about the karmic relationship. The karmic relationship. Yeah, like I have this karmic relationship to the world philosophy where you put yourself out there and you never know how it'll come back to you. Yeah. Totally. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Hmm. I need to study so you too and learn from you. <laughs> I'm going to listen back to this podcast repeatedly. Uh, I think you just listen to me more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, Kim, what, what, what's, what's the most unusual thing somebody has asked you to paint? Oh, let me think. Um, I've had some, I've had some weird portrait some weird portrait things. I mean, 
Now I even have like a disclaimer on, um, on my website in my shop that is like, I only do abstraction, (laughs) you know, and people will, Oh, actually recently I had someone contact me after having looked at my site at what I do and wanted me to do, um, some lettering stuff. And, you know, I'm just like, I know. (laughs) Do you see any writing on my paintings? Where is that? But, you know, I, it goes back to that same thing of like, um, people not being able to kind of like verbalize maybe what they're looking for, what they're exact, what they're wanting. And, um, you know, oftentimes people think, oh, you're an artist. You just, you'll do anything, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I feel, I feel really thankful that I'm at the point where I, I can do that. You know, I can be like, you know, this is, I only, I only do my work now, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned this stomping Jen. I know you're looking forward to this or at some point this pandemic is going to end. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but even before that, what, so what's next for Kim, um, uh, Carlino, the artist, what's coming up? What can we expect? Oh, um, I, you know, like I, like I said at the beginning, this is, this is my planning time. So this is proposal time. So, um, I'm putting a a lot out Mm -hmm. and I will be hearing in the next month of what the spring and summer will look like. Um, I don't have, I mean, I've got some things in the fall, but I don't have anything big coming up, which is totally fine. Are you thinking about, um, are you thinking about pushing your art form in different directions or experimenting with new ways of doing abstraction or something? I don't even know if I'm asking the question the right way, but. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of things in the studio and, um, I just got a bunch of new stretcher bars to do some kind of like larger paintings. Mm-hmm. I guess that's really what I'm working on right now is um, just kind of building up new body of work. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out this uh, working with Tyvek. I really love working with mm-hmm. Tyvek. That's, what all my big pieces are on. And so right now I'm working a lot with different golden um, mediums and trying to figure out how to get more flow with it, how it sits on the Tyvek and whether like staining, it's just a lot of mm-hmm. experimenting. And, um, you know, I have my, my newest works, um, that I've been doing are this uh, idea of surface tension. And um, so I have a bunch of panels to work on with that. Mm. You know, it's just all studio stuff, just countless hours of 
painting and podcasts. Well, I'm so. looking forward to that open <laughs> studio when we can do that mm-hmm. and we can swing by there and see see what you're up to there mm-hmm. a few months from now. Um, yeah, yeah totally. any, As we're beginning to wrap up, anything else you want to tell us that we, we didn't touch upon? And no is an okay yeah. answer. That's totally fine. <laughs> I have a, yeah. quick, I have a yeah. quick question. So so you branched out a little bit, I think, over the holidays. Like you made notebooks and like you had stickers and like all sorts of fun sort of swaggy sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to do more of that in the future? Or was that just an experiment or? Yeah. So like I, I like to do, I like to have things like that for open studios. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way for, you know, people to give a little gift or just, you know, another entry point for people to be able to kind of collect. So I do want to do more notebooks because the company Denik that Mm -hmm. I use is awesome. Um, they take proceeds and build schools, um, which is really cool. And, uh, it was founded by artists. And so just, but the quality of the notebooks are just feel really nice. So I'll definitely do more of those and, um, yeah, maybe bags. I don't know. I, it always, I just, I love a notebook. I know you do. Oh. Yeah, I have a big pile of them over there. They're yeah. filled with my um, my writings with and your notes. notes. Yes, I take <laughs> lots of work notes. notes. Though, well, they're interesting from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Kim. What do you like to do? What do you like to do for fun when you're um, not painting? We know painting is fun and all of that stuff, but it's also <laughs> it's also work and it's also you know. But what do you like? What do you what do you like to do when you're not painting? How do you how do you reconnect with yourself? What do you what do you do just for yourself? I spend a lot of time hiking. So I have redlined Mount Tom in that whole kind of vicinity. And um, I go every summer I go up to the whites and I've been working on the four thousand footers and mm-hmm. um, I love camping. I would say um Currently, well, this past summer, well, past spring through fall, I was really working on like my field guides for um, wildflowers and I used to study green medicine. And so I love just plant identification, botany, Mm -hmm. but my current obsession is chess. Oh, what got you into that? So. Um, I've, my, my son and I've been playing for years. We love strategy games and, you know, he's at that age where he doesn't want to play like Carcassonne with me <laughs> so, <laughs> or yeah. Stratego. So like chess feels like the adult, you know, version. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course I watched Queen's Gambit. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're big fans. Oh yeah. And so then I got Bobby Fisher's learn to play chess. And hmm. so I've been covertly reading it and getting much better and having some good wins <laughs> against my child. <laughs> yeah. I have to say um, it was, it's been humbling to be routinely beaten 
by my own son. <laughs> just like he can wipe the floor with me. Yeah. And it's that moment when I, when I see him looking at me like, you're not going to do this, are you? Are you really? You don't see what you're about to do. And I do it. And he just goes, <laughs> okay. But like, but I'm also like so proud to like you've yeah. surpassed me. <laughs> I would like to say that the winds get more graceful on their part, but I don't think they do. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't play. I can't play board games with Stomping Jen here. Oh me? Yeah, she's the worst loser. She she flips over the boards. boards. Yeah. yeah, that's why we can't play. <gasps> she gets boards. so mad. <laughs> yeah, but said son of ours uh, has like mastered how to play Monopoly in a very twisted, like, troll-like way. And, like, so he is always like, let's play Monopoly. And we're always like, nope. No, no one will play. No one will play with it's him. It's torture. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. That, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, our last... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. I was just commenting yeah. on Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, how horrible it is. Yeah. it is. I refuse to play it. Terrible I'm with game. you. I'm with you. I, I, I've never left a Monopoly game feeling good. No, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, our last, our, our very last question, I promise. Um, <laughs> and people interpret this question in so many ways. Sometimes they don't have an answer. That's okay. Um, so, what have you what have you experienced that you cannot explain? I'm going to put a little music on just to help. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yes. My very first apartment was with my my best friend in high school and we I think we were both about 18 and we were both bartending at this little place. This is way out in rural Michigan. And we met this guy and, you know, local landowner had an apartment. And so we were looking, we were looking to get our place. And so he's like, I got this great place. And, um, we go check it out and we decide to move in and it's only one bedroom. And so we decided to get two sofas and just sleep in, sleep in the living room and we'd fall asleep to whatever. Mm -hmm. And we're, we were big horror fans, like Nightmare on Elm Street, mm -hmm. like loved all the horror movies, like not afraid. We'd fall asleep to them. Totally fine. And it was so weird because we just didn't ever want to go in the bedroom. Yeah. And oh, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> the music. It's all that music. I know. <laughs> I know. What happened? Um, Did you go in the bedroom? So I never slept in there ever once. I think she slept in there a handful of times. But then one day I was home in the apartment and it was like this huge, big kitchen and, um, with the table was in there. It was like a big Eden kitchen. And I was in there, I was like washing dishes. And the, um, I had these like, uh, glass kind of like votive candle things, like a set of three of them on top of the refrigerator. And I'm in there, I'm all alone. My friend isn't home. She's at work. And they go flying off the top of the refrigerator. Oh my gosh. 
and I, and I was like, I was so freaked out. And it happened one other time where it got, it didn't go off with such force, but um, it was just like this unexplainable thing. And so my friend came home and she was like, and she'd had some weird things, hearing weird things. And so we were, we were talking to the landlord and we were telling him that, you know, the place was just feeling a little weird. And then we find out that someone had the, the person before had committed suicide in the bedroom. Oh my gosh. And so then we went in and we looked and you could see like they'd tried to patch the bullet hole and, um, you know, so it had like this terrible thing that had like happened in there that they didn't tell us, but you could clearly still feel the energy of something in there. And like, so that's my explained unexplainable Wow, you brought it. Thank you. That was good. Um, <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> stomping Jen. Um, yes. I'm, my, I'm continuing to accumulate evidence of the paranormal. Yes. Um, um, thank you, Kim. I, I appreciate that. Um, all right. Um, Kim, it, it, we're recording this late at night, just so our, our guests know. And um, I would love to continue to talk to you. I feel I could talk to you for another hour or two, but we're going to be kind and let you go. Uh, I first want to say thank you so much. Um, it was a real pleasure talking to you. I learned a lot, and um, thank look, you. Yeah, I look forward to seeing more of your work. And Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah in and, person. Yeah, in person. Yes, Definitely yeah. in person. And our listeners, we, we must address you before we go. Right, yes. Stomping Jen? Yes. There are many things we have to say, but All we'll right. keep it short. Um, right. First and foremost, Thank you for listening. Yes, uh, we, always. Without you, it is just stomping Jen and I talking to our guests in the wall. Yep, right? that's right. And um, <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, thank you. So, sh- What else? So subscribe and download and yeah. share with a friend. Help us out. Subscribe, yeah. download, tell a friend. That's the most important thing. That's when, right. when people hear us, they love us. Right? They but you do. Got- I don't know. I have no idea. I think so. The downloads are growing. So yes. that's all I can say. Awesome. Um, no, but, um, and be safe out there. Yes. Right? Be very safe out there. Wear a mask, get vaccinated. Yep. Do all of those things. All the things. Right. And yep. we um, love you. I'm I said a, it. I am appreciating the fact that you're saying this more often, it's unprompted. You, you, yes. Yes. Thank you very much. To our fans. It. We do love you. That's and right. um, without further ado, bye now. Okay, bye now. This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity and that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 